0: continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael.
2: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined... By Michael. Michael, what's up, man?
3: Hey, man. I am just over here basking in this hiatus of Texas Tech basketball. I'm kind of jonesing. I actually watched more basketball than football, I believe, on Saturday. <laughs> it's pretty close. It was a pretty close race. There was Iowa State, Baylor playing each other. I forgot the other game I watched. I watched the end of something. But anyway. Yeah, I just watched football. Yeah, um, I'm ready. I'm ready for Tech to get back in the saddle. They get that chance tomorrow against Iowa State. We'll talk about that, I know. But how are you, man? you recovering? Are you recovered after the new year? Uh, Sure,
2: as much as I I need to recover.
3: I just thought you probably just did something super crazy New Year's Eve, and you're just now starting to feel back to normal. No. No. No okay, <laughs> we're all good here. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. That's that. That's the that's the New Year's wrap. I all did right. do I did do my um uh freebird thing.
2: I saw that. I, I saw you. You put that in the in the group chat there on Slack.
3: Yeah, I did follow through with it, even though everyone in my house was asleep. That's so at fifty
0: five
3: five with headphones on in my kitchen. I started Freebird and then right as the solo really took off at midnight, I took a shot of Mucinex, finished, finished the song, went to bed. Pretty exhilarating stuff. Uh, Speaking of exhilarating, the Texas Bowl, my gosh. (laughs) So, okay. So
2: you mentioned Texas Bowl. I just got a really interesting message from our boy Scott with Bosco's Boys. He's got a spicy tweet coming out here in the fourth quarter of the, of the, of the ball game. Oh, yeah. He wanted to give us a, a sneak peek in case we wanted to jump in. Okay. Which I guess at this point, it's you already can say been it tweeted. Now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kansas State, 8 and 5, with a season full of injuries, including starting quarterback, fan unrest, and two offensive coaches axed. Texas Tech, 7 and 6, after losing their starting quarterback for the entire season, axed their head coach and had a program overhaul. Iowa State seven and six with their best team ever, no injuries. Fans building a Matt Campbell a statue.
3: <laughs> I, I like the saltiness there. There's always some animosity, and rightfully so, directed towards Iowa State fans. Used to, I used to feel like there was a kinship there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't feel that way anymore. I feel that way about Kansas State fans. I feel like we're Kind of warriors in the same fight,
2: united at this
3: point. Yeah, united. Yeah, that's a good point. Iowa State's kind of they had some mild success and <laughs> have uh, just completely feel like they are. Um, yeah, they're basically. Well, I was about to say they're Texas. No, they're better than Texas. Actually, it's supposed they to be there. They're unit. OU now. I
2: guess I don't know. Although OU, not a uh, not a program you want to be envious of right now with all of the. The exodus of all their talent.
3: All depends on who you follow on Twitter, man. It's just all part of it. It's just blue bloods reloading, man. You just got to get back on board. Shit, man. It's fine. Sure. Not worried about it at all. Sure. Losing their, their top two quarterbacks, top four <laughs> receivers. Well, we got another one out of the portal. They stole one out of the pack. <laughs> Take that. See, everything's fine in Norman.
2: Start with a new head coach. It's, it's nah, fine. It's going to be it's fine. It's not a
3: problem. Yeah. No. I mean there's there's certain there's a certain guy I follow who uh Is it Jay with red dirt? Yeah, it's red dirt sport. All right. Yeah. Everything is great. Whatever OU does, it, it was great. It was it meant was to, be to be that way. And this is the best yeah. best possible. He outcome. had one today. Um oh there was something about transfer portal and I forgot what else it was. But he was he was also saying that this made this made uh all of the Twitter crying in the summer worth it or something. I don't know. He's still going back to that anyway. Yeah. They're going to twist it and turn it however they want. I'm excited for them. I'm just really excited for them to leave and get out of here. You know, it I took cannot me cannot wait for you to be gone. Better part Didn't of realize how much I hated them. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, you're good. It took me a better part of a minute there while you were talking to remember who their ne- who their new head coach was. that's that's how that's how excited we all are about Oklahoma all right before we jump in we're going to talk about basketball we're going to put a a little bow on on the football season because there are two games left one is going on right now the Texas Bowl the next one will be the national title game next Monday the 10th correct something like that Um, but then we're gonna we're gonna focus on on basketball but we'll do basketball first and then do our our football section. Got a surprise for you, Michael, and the listeners when we get to football. Oh, okay. Tease that and get ready for that. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, twenty three personnel at twenty three personnel at punts suck two s's there in the middle and at Michael underscore L B K. At some point, Rob and I will be getting together for a one chip challenge. We'll probably do that. Some 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 aspect of that will be broadcast live, whether <laughs> it's on Twitter Spaces or I don't know. They also I. I you Take probably, review. you, as all all, all of us scambling Gaucho fans are, you didn't fall behind like I did over the holidays. I was listening to their Festivus episode from a couple days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. They were talking about, you know, they were airing some grievances. In that, they were talking about uh, Kyle's recent trip to Ruidoso, Ruidoso, Riodosa. Riodosa? Riodosa. Let's just completely rearrange and change the letters. Yeah. And he went to the um, the casino there and there were some issues with people at the, the blackjack table, but he was talking about like playing cards and getting some, some gauchos together for a, a poker night. Oh, so I want to throw our hats, collective hats, 23 personal hats in the ring for that invite. So we'll see how that works out.
3: I can bring the bean dip.
2: Because that's what you need at card night is is bean dip.
3: Yeah, you need fritos, spicy bean dip. <laughs> I've got nothing.
2: <laughs> We've got one more week. <laughs> one more week of Rob Rose College Tailgate Show, 10 to noon. This upcoming Saturday, the 8th. Listen live in Lubbock on Talk 103.9 FM, 1340 AM, AM 960 in San Angelo and online at KKAM.com. And also, because... We should, fingers crossed, have a basketball game this weekend. Should have an instant reaction for you on Saturday over on Spotify Room. As you know, it's a live audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and to use. Talk to us, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties debate.
0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline.
2: It's post-game breakdowns and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you got to do is download the app. It's free in the Android and iOS app stores. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow me at Spencer Rogers to be notified when we go live. We'll be live Saturday after the game. Come with your spiciest takes. All right, Michael. Yes. You ready for some basketball?
3: Yes, let's do this. Let's do it. Here comes Stevenson.
0: The shot clock is at 3, Mooney spins, fires, oh, he got it to go! Edwards with a 3, cool!
2: All right, man. Basketball. We survived not having a game this past Saturday versus Oklahoma State. Although I would have really liked that game. Um, Looking at the state of the Oklahoma State program. State of Oklahoma State. Um, But here it is. Texas Tech now is the joy of playing five games in 10 days starting tomorrow, Wednesday, January 5th, against Iowa State on the road in Ames. Hilton Coliseum. TechSec Tech is 10-2 overall, yet to start conference play, still 25th in the latest AP poll. Most previous game last Tuesday, we gave you an instant reaction of sorts. Well, yeah, yeah we did. It was after the, after the bowl game instant reaction. We did double-double yeah. double the instant
3: reaction. We did both.
2: 75-53. Um, as you all know, like I said, the Oklahoma State game was rescheduled. COVID issues within their program will play them next thursday
3: yes it's is a the thursday 13th?
2: i'm doing that i'm trying to figure out what the day the 13th is um biggest thing obviously with the game coming up this weekend or sorry with the game tomorrow we know malik wilson's out we did hear from head coach mark adams that terrence shannon will likely still be out with what we thought were back spasms but the length of it now is turned into call that into question yeah. Whatever and, it is, it's, it's been a little bit longer than it should have been.
3: Yeah. He said something. He said something along the lines of he's, he's still working on his rehab, which could could be back spasms still. And um, I listened to the Locked on Texas Tech podcast. Ryan, Ryan Mainville. and Oh, wow. Yeah. It was unison. Yeah. And uh, Emery does a good job on that. And they mentioned that he had issues with back spasms his freshman year, which I did not remember. So this is, maybe this is still what it is, but yeah, I I threw that question mark in there because, man, it sure seems like a a long time to be out with this. Now, I have had this before. I've had back spasms once, and it was, it was debilitating. Like, I remember not being able to sleep just because if I turned wrong, I would just immediately wake up just in shocking pain. So, yeah, I was just trying to sleep, not play d1 basketball so i uh, i mean there's no telling I'm, I'm not sure how long it could take for this to heal up but i remember having them once and thought good gosh this is brutal
2: yeah so i mean obviously wish him well in his recovery because we want him back selfish yeah, we need him back to get back um but there are games going on tonight michael around the big 12 Texas took down a depleted Kansas State team, although it didn't, it looked like it was going to take them some effort. Oh, Kansas state was hanging around. I think they had seven players, uh, available. Eight. eight available players. They had,
3: yeah, it was seven scholarship players. They had eight total. Um, they, they were leading. Kansas state was mm-hmm. leading at halftime, I think by six or so, but then Texas came out on like a 14 run just, and and not quickly. It was kind of a slow fourteen-two run, and that was well, that pretty much was it.
2: As all Chris Beard coached offenses are. <laughs> that was a yeah. that fourteen-two run would have felt like an eternity.
3: Yeah, it would, it would have. So yeah, they they ended up. You know, there were some guys in foul trouble for Kansas State. Uh, it was
2: which you got to be super careful. Like like oh, if you sh- if you start losing players with only you know eight available. One of not even being a scholarship player,
3: yeah. Weber wasn't even there. I mean, coach, I, yeah. I, I don't even know who was coaching. I just tuned in to student manager. Most of probably. the second half, um, I think it was. <laughs> I think it was someone other than a student manager, but but yeah, it took. I mean, it, it took thirty minutes for UT to finally get them a little bit of cushion. And I, I wouldn't really say that the game was completely done until maybe three or four minutes left. Uh, the wheels really fell off for Kansas state then, but I mean, what can you expect for, for a team with, you know, almost no warning and very few players, I guess it's good that they went ahead and played it, Spencer. I mean, what do you think? Do you think this was something that they could have just that they should have canceled or put off or.
2: So, no, I, I, I think they, they play like, they play the game with the rules they set, right? Yeah, like if it's, if it's, the minimum is six players, which I think is really low. Yeah, you just have to have a six. It's like, well, that like everybody's getting thirty-eight minutes, yeah. And one cool. person is spelling everybody else, um, and hopefully that's not a walk-on. Um, I do think it's interesting that Texas did struggle in this game, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe it's just it's that same attitude we've seen manifest in, in their football program. They just play down to their teams. They play down to their, their competition, so they weren't expecting much from Kansas State. Um, but also, this is not the first time they've had a suspicious start to a game where you think like a better team could jump all over that. Um, I am not as worried about Texas as I as I was earlier this year because yeah, of the way they they've started out this so far this season. Um, I still think it's ridiculous what people are trying to get for their tickets here in Lubbock for that game. A lot of people yeah. selling just inordinate amounts, 800 a $1,000 a seat um, for a regular season basketball game. Guys, regular season. Um, Oklahoma at Baylor. Baylor ends up winning this game by 10. So they're still
3: undefeated. Kind of the same deal almost with, it was very similar to the Iowa State game with Baylor this this past Saturday. Um, I think OU just kept doing enough. They were just pesky enough to where I, I know when I tuned it at one point, I think it was 75-72, something like that, um, with just a, maybe a minute left. So OU was within five, pretty close to the end of the game. Uh, but, of course, we're fouling and, and trying to get the ball back. Just another one of those games that, I think it doesn't look as close as it was. I'd kind of say the same way with, I mean, of course, the Iowa State Baylor game was 77 72, so it was pretty darn close. But, but, um, yeah, the Big 12 is just going to be tough. That's all I was trying to get at there. Cause as good as Baylor is, no one's arguing that they're not good. They still, um, you, you know, they didn't dominate OU at home. Well, I,
2: I think that, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to give OU too much credit, but, uh, under new head coach Porter Moser. like Their their team is pretty dang good, too.
3: Oh, yeah, and um, you're right. You're right. And then one more game going on
2: right now, Kansas at Oklahoma State. It was tied at halftime, 29-all. Uh, Kansas has opened up, uh, was 10, now it's an eight-point lead, 53-45 with about 11 minutes to go in the game. Um, interesting that this game... Isn't out of hand. Like, I get it that they're in Stillwater, but like this is top five Kansas versus Oklahoma State team. That's
3: not very good. Dude, that's crazy. I can't, I checked the score before we started recording and I thought that can't be right. At one point, because when I checked it, Kansas was up 29 15 and apparently they did not score again in the first half. <laughs>
2: So Oklahoma State scored at least 14 in a row to finish yes. out the first half. Wow.
3: Yeah. There you go. It was 29-15. Uh, they went up at, with nine twenty nine left in the first half. They did not score the last nine and a half minutes. Wow. That's incredible. I thought this this can't be right. I must be remembering that incorrectly because that's totally my MO. Anyway, yeah. So Kansas up 53-45 right now. How do
2: you go almost a full ten minutes without scoring? I have no idea. Anyways, that's bizarre. All right, so that's that's the table for tonight. Um, Texas Tech getting ready to take on Iowa State. Iowa State has been the surprise so far this season. I think we can say t- sitting at twelve and one, they did lose this their first first conference game. I think it, what was it? It was against Baylor, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, that was the game Saturday. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, you said that you were watching that game. Um, Interesting. It'll be on on the road up there in Ames. Looking at the Iowa State schedule, though, the start to their conference play is ridiculous. It is up there with what Texas Tech is going to have to face. Um, obviously they had they had Baylor. They've got Texas Tech. They've got Oklahoma on Saturday, and then Kansas on Tuesday. So they... And then I, I think there's another little tough game after that. Uh, Texas on the 15th, and then we play them again on the 18th. We, we get them twice in two weeks. Um, so as good as they are, like they could... I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's, it's like likely to happen. They could start 0-5. 0 oh, in six, one in five.
3: Are you talking about Texas Tech or Iowa <laughs> State? <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. <laughs> um, but so, if you look at uh, if you look at, if you look at Texas Tech, I'm can't spit my words out tonight, which is great for a podcast. Um, they've kind of inched their way back up. You look at Ken Pomeroy, uh Ken Palm rankings. He has Texas Tech at twentieth overall. Adjusted offense at 45th adjusted defense though at 10th and then you've got iowa state where did i see them 42nd so the advanced stats have a pretty clear distinction between these two programs right now Uh, iowa state has the 134th adjusted offense but the fifth best adjusted defense
3: is this going to be one of those final score of fifty one to forty nine kind of things? Oh, I hate that. <laughs> so they're they're non. So
2: as much as we talk about their non conference and they were undefeated through non conference, they had the three hundred fortieth strongest non conference schedule. Uh, not that's saying stronger that's stronger than Texas. Uh, no, I, I was getting. I was like, <laughs> I'm not knocking that because Texas Tech was so much better. They were actually worse. Three hundred fifty fifth. One of, if not the worst, non-conference schedules, um, even even considering games against Providence, Tennessee, and Gonzaga. Um, but the advanced metrics here, at least where Ken Palm has, you know, a little bit of a gap there. Uh, both pretty good defenses. Iowa State has a really slow adjusted tempo for uh, 202nd, uh, 68. Possessions per forty minutes, where Texas Tech is up at sixty-six. So even slower. Wow. I I I like read the wrong column over. Um. So yeah, this is going to be an ugly game.
3: Yeah, it very well could be. It could just be in Ames. Um, what is it? The Hilton? Is that what yeah. they're playing?
2: Hilton Coliseum.
3: That place was rocking on Saturday. The the reason. I guess I should kind of, I just kind of had, I had a minute during Saturday and I believe it was the Notre Dame, Oklahoma state game was on. And it just looked like at that point that Oklahoma state wasn't even going to make a game out of it. Um, You know, their offense just couldn't do anything. Notre Dame was able to move the ball on this supposedly great defense. It was just almost frustrating to watch all that happen. So once this game started, I started, watching it quite a bit more. And then of course I flipped back, I think after halftime pretty much to the football game because yeah, Oklahoma state came back down 28 to seven. But all that to say the Hilton is it's back. You know, I know that it seems like the last couple of years, of course, last year was a COVID year. So that doesn't really count. But even the year before, maybe the year before that, it wasn't quite as rambunctious and, and crazy as it had been, um, you know, maybe four or five years ago. So that was good. And also Tech had just completely blown them out of the gym in Ames the last couple of times they've been there, I think. So um, that's not going to be the case tomorrow night. Uh, they are back. They're there in full swing. I know we were kind of talking about whether or not students being back would uh, help or hurt Tech against Oklahoma State had that game been played on Saturday. Well, it definitely didn't hurt against Baylor in Ames on Saturday, so I imagine there's going to be just as much, if not as many people there on Wednesday. But, yeah, I, this one, it's going to, like you said, it's going to be ugly. They're they're just going to have uh, – Ooh, they're gonna have a hard time scoring on each other and i'm not sure who's gonna score on on tech's side i feel like as many shots as he takes so banner needs to start scoring um you
2: certainly need him yeah
3: But mcculler he's obviously the probably the main guy you're going to be looking for but that's probably the main guy they're going to be looking to shut down and and a team this good defensively is probably able to do that
2: yeah i i, I would hope that guys like uh Davion Warren, Adonis Arms could step up and score some points. I had some contribution there on the offensive side. Maybe Bryson Williams finds his shot again. Yeah, um, that'd be great. Get the ball down low to Bacho.
3: Ah, uh, yeah, some playing time for Bacho. I've, um, yeah, it, I'm nervous about this one big time. Um, I was not before. And like you, I just thought, oh, well, you know, Iowa State's not going to be that great this year, but.
2: They went winless in conference play last year. I, like it's a huge change from what they did last year to what they're doing this year. Um, I, you know, snarky Spencer's going to say, "Well, they're still winless in conference play this year, Spencer." <laughs> um, but to do what they like, the the change after seeing what they did last year and then losing, you know, um, Halliburton. Um, in fact, like there's another, another key piece, their team that they're 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 without this year and then to do what they're doing. I mean, they, they beat Iowa by 20.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so the, the one thing that, that I'm, I, I guess emotional hedge Spencer's going to say, like it's a road game and road games in the big 12 are going to be tough. Um, so losing this one on the road, you can kind of like, well, it's a road game. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Um, <laughs> you get it at home, yeah, it'll, you'll, but you'll, you'll get him at home two weeks later. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, also one of those things were like as a road game and it being your first conference game, you can kind of get like into the swing of big 12 play with a little less pressure on you than if it was a home game, because you really need to win as many of home games as possible. Uh, and then take, you know, one, two, three on the road. But yeah, I mean, I, it I'm looking for this game to be close. Um, you need to be more efficient which is difficult to say against the number five offense, you need to be, uh, sorry, number five defense. You need to be more efficient on offense. You need to be, if your possessions are down, then you need to be taking great care of the ball and making the best of your shots. You don't need to be taking corner threes. O'Banner, if that's not your shot or if it's not working anymore, Um, finding out the holes in their defense and exploiting that you can't be wasting possessions, which is what a lot of people say against Texas tech. You like with as good as our defense is, you can't, you can't let them get too much of an advantage um, with your offense
3: not taking care of the ball. What if O'Banner did a pump fake and drove along the baseline? Oh, I would love it. We'd I so think that that. someone would be open. I think that would blow everyone's mind. Or even if, like, if he just came in and took like a,
2: a little—I mean, I, I don't want to like advocate that this becomes his new shot, but to pump fake and then come in to right outside the lane. And then a, yeah. a jump shot there.
3: Yeah. I mean, shoot it's a, a, shoot a floater. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So game this weekend, Haslametrics has it as a, uh, was that five points? Seven yeah. points so far. Or at least a, a, as we checked it today, 65 58. Um, Loss. So, yeah. 65 58. Yeah. That would be a 65 58 win for Iowa State. But as much as I said, you know, it's not, that, not the end of the world if you lose this one. You can't dwell too long. Going on a Wednesday, coming back on Saturday as you host Kansas Jayhawks. 11-1. They're at 3 p.m. on ESPN2. Haslametrics has this one being a very close game, 74-71. Um, and like we said, Kansas is in their first conference game of the year against Oklahoma State. Had that bizarre nine-minute run to finish the first half where they didn't score, um, <laughs> but Kansas, man, they are uh, no matter what what metric you look at, they're they're top ten, man. They're they're a good team all the way around. Um, has the metrics has them ninth? Ken Palm has them fourth, uh, fourth best best offense, thirty-second best defense. So they're pairing good offense and good defense there, um, which you saw kind of a similar matchup. Uh, are pairing with Gonzaga who had a second best offense and 12th best defense. Um, there were some really frustrating times in that game, but you've seen tough competition you know, a couple of times so far this, this season, but you're going to get, you know, dunked baptized into the fire of, of big 12 play. As like we said, we've got five games in 10 days starting tomorrow, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Sorry. Monday, Thursday, Saturday, I think next I think you get three games next week. Um we'll, we'll yeah. have a, we'll have an instant reaction on Saturday versus Kansas. Um I without even having watched Kansas, I, I, I just know like their their offense has historically been like explosive and
3: kinda worries me, Michael. Yeah, uh, rightfully so. I I have no I don't have a good bead on them cuz I haven't really watched them much this year. I mean their only loss was that kind of random 1 point loss to Dayton back in November and you know everybody probably myself included was really taking great joy in that but uh I mean yeah, they're Kansas. They're still going to be good. I mean, they
2: they average eighty five points per game, shooting almost fifty two percent from the field. Um, they average taking eight threes a game. No, making eight threes. Sorry, um, they shooting. Yeah, they make eight threes a game.
3: Oh my gosh!
2: <clears throat> At least that's how I'm reading this. Um, they grab 30 almost 36 rebounds per game um turn the ball over 11 times they force 16 turnovers uh eight steals per game four blocks so kind of the they 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 do it everywhere the guy that i think we're all all aware of is number 30 ochai Um Gosh, the way this this uh, he's averaging thirty three minutes per game, um, shooting fifty four percent from the field, twenty one points per
3: game. Well, it doesn't help that there's just no breathing room. I know we I know we've talked about it a lot already, but I, coming into this, I just thought, okay, yeah, this schedule is going to be tough but you have Oklahoma state and Iowa state back to back. And I kind of thought, okay, well, those, those will, those are good ways to break in to the big 12 schedule. Well, you lost Oklahoma state as your opener. And now you have top 10 Iowa state <laughs> as your opener instead of the, you know, they're number eight in the country, not number eight in the conference, which is kind of what I was thinking tech would be walking into. Um, so, yeah, we, we talked about that. There's Kansas, The following Tuesday is at Baylor in Waco. Um, You know, they are still perfect on the season. They won a tough road game in Ames that we've talked about. They won tonight against Oklahoma. They uh, they're playing some really good defense as well. And they didn't have as many guys come back as I thought they did. So I think a lot of people kind of discounted that on this team, but they're the defending national champs. I yeah, mean, there's there's something to be said about that. There's a culture there, obviously. There's some, maybe not expectations to do it again, but I would, I would imagine some aspirations to do it again or at least get to that final weekend or lead eight, whatever it is. You know, I, I think they – I'm just – I am just not seeing a lot of dubs in the month of January, Spencer. I'm just not seeing very many well, for the our good Red Raiders th- good thing is it's a uh, it's
2: eighteen eighteen conference games um and you get you know each team home and away and we've seen even a five hundred record in conference play is typically good enough to get you in the tournament because of just how difficult this conference is um We've also seen tech have. you know a bit of a losing streak and then then you know flip it around and go on and tear themselves but the the start to their conference play is not an easy one so you got wednesday night iowa state saturday afternoon kansas and then baylor on the following tuesday we'll have a instant reaction of sorts as we record our episode then uh on the 11th um and then react to the Baylor game. And then I, I guess give some re- reviews to Iowa State and Kansas.
3: Yeah, kind of get back to those. But if, if you had to pick, do you, how many games do you think of these three Tech will win? One. Do you know which one, or are you just going to stick with one? My preference would be to win the game at
2: home versus Kansas. Because okay. one, it's it's a, it's a top five opponent, but it's also at home, and I really, really, really think you need to win as many home games as possible. Losing to to Baylor in Waco, it's not going to bother me. Losing to a, a really good Iowa State team in Ames, not going to bother me as much. Unless we go up there and we play really, really well, and then we just just lose the game, right? Like you don't you don't yeah. finish out the winning effort, and you you just give the game away or whatever. Uh, then I'll be a little bit more disappointed in the, in the loss there. But really, like you've played Kansas really well at home, um, so I expect that game to be really competitive. Uh, and it's Saturday in Lubbock.
3: Love to get that one. So, what I about think, you, Michael? I think uh, this is this is great podcasting because we agree, we I'm, agree, we agree. I'm I'm going to go with Kansas as well as, and this is going to sound ridiculous to say that. Yeah, 11-1 uh, Kansas is the most winnable <laughs> oh. game of these three. Um, uh, I
2: just think it's because of where, where where the game
3: is played. Well, and I'm going to go a step further and think, pray, hope, put it out into the universe that Terrence Shannon will make his return this Saturday. Uh, maybe that's part of what Adams is doing is kind of kind of your thought process there. Like, okay, this is an away game way games are going to be tough to win, even with Shannon. Let's let him rehab, you know, another several days and try to clear things up. So I, I'm, I feel like Kansas is the most winnable game on this schedule. And, and I really think out of these three, I only see tech doing getting one win. And I think that's almost best case scenario. I hate to, be this down or this negative right now, but I've I've seen this team. They really have trouble defending the three. They have trouble making threes. Um, you know, Shannon is a real catalyst on on offense, and if he's out, they really kind of get stagnant. Unless Arms, who has done really well lately, kind of takes over or McCuller, but defense is key in on McCullough. Um, you know, it, it's just. It's worrisome. That's all I'm going to say. I'll stop there. Uh, Speaking of stopping there, what you can do if you want to listen to more of us. This Saturday, we plan on having a instant reaction of the Kansas game on Spotify Greenroom. Spotify Greenroom is free. It's an audio only social media platform for sports fans. You can start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors and games. You can talk with other sports fans like us, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. Join in on a conversation with me and have a chance to be featured on the 23 Personal Podcast. All you need to do is download Spotify Greenroom app. It's free in whatever phone you use. Google Store Play, iPlay Store. Create a profile. Link your Twitter. Join the group. You can follow me at Michael McDonald, or really you need to follow Spencer. So follow Spencer at Spencer Rogers, and you will be notified when the room goes live. And we'll try to go live Saturday after the Kansas game. So be around maybe five.
0: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.
3: 30-ish and come with your spiciest takes.
2: All right, Michael, you ready for some football? I think so. To wrap up the season, talk a little bit about the, the bowl game, where the roster's at, um and then look around the rest of the Big 12 and how we, the Big 12, did in the bowl season. Before that, though, Michael, mm. you ready for the surprise?
3: Oh, yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Chuck keeps it himself. Made two guys this touchdown.
2: Skate and that
0: picked Very off. Serious.
1: Back to back. To-
2: Throw into the back of the end zone. Caught! Touchdown!
0: Tied at 38. Three seconds to go. 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into it. It may be long enough. It is good! It is good!
2: Had to, had to put a new edit together.
3: I enjoyed that. All right, I'm bro. clapping. There we go. I'm clapping over here. So you a lot know of defensive plays in there.
2: There there were two it's pick sixes back in back to back, uh, and then another interception a little bit later. Uh I did notice or re remembered just how awful the broadcast talent was at the beginning of the season for the games Oof. we got. Oof. And really like when I think back is like there was no Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson. There was no Joe Davis. There was no Kirk Herbstreet or Chris Fowler. The best we got was Beth Bowens
3: for Iowa State. 97 yards. I can't even do I, I had a better Beth Moans impression the first time I did it. The other thing, who was the, who was the, I already forgot. Was it, was <laughs> it the, it was, it,
2: okay, I, the one I I, I think you're thinking
3: he's stepping on the (laughs) play -play guy the whole time. Brandon,
2: (laughs) Brandon Jacobs.
3: It was Brandon Jacobs. And he did two games. He did two attacks games.
2: That same crew did this, did, um, Stephen F. Austin and then Florida international back to back weeks. Oh yeah. So we we made the joke like they should just stay in Lubbock. Um, yeah. And after the game, like they should not stay in the <laughs> After the first game, because that was the Stephen at Boston game. You didn't you notice there weren't any highlights from that game? Also, weren't any highlights from losses? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't. Well, there there was some. I think from the Baylor game. I think I had to trim it down to get to size. Like one was going to be the the Kuntz seventy five yard uh, screenplay. It was really slow developing, and the, and the the broadcaster wasn't like super into it which is why I also had a hard time finding good highlights from the ball game because they just weren't very, like they were, it felt very much like 2020 when they were like a step behind everything. Mm -hmm. And there was just so much space between that, the play actually happening and their words describing the play. And there was very little excitement because I wanted to get more defensive plays. I wanted to get, um, tyree wilson in there
3: but oh gosh yeah
2: those back-to-back plays if you go back and listen to it it's very flat
3: well i i don't doubt that and that can be a knock but i did enjoy deuce McAllister quite a bit i think he had a lot of good things to say and he was i yeah i mean not as dynamic as some of the color guys we've had but I I really enjoyed him. I, I thought he had a lot of good insight and a lot of good things to add, but, but yeah, it, he may have been downplaying it too much as opposed to some of the guys that are obviously amping it up a little.
2: I can much. name five of our color commentators this year because of one, I've, I, I just went through this exercise of putting this together. We had RG three in game one against Houston.
3: Yeah. Which I liked.
2: We had Brandon Jacobs back to back in weeks two and three.
3: Hmm. Um, we had RG three again at some point because he was trying to throw tortillas and did a terrible job. It was
2: it wasn't the Baylor game, right? Like he even come back for the Baylor game.
3: Well, it was it was in Lubbock.
2: Which Oakland one was State? it?
3: State. That might be it. Re- that that because might be it. I didn't it watch kind of that early game. On. I, I was I was
2: there. Uh, anyways. Um, I, I No, it wasn't that I couldn't tell you who, who Beth Moen's partner was. Um, John Harris was on radio, <laughs> but that's about it, man. Um, anyways, I'm going to put a, a little highlight package together of only 2021 plays.
3: So it was the TCU game. Yeah. Cause he ate at Spanky's and stuff.
2: Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't watch highlights of that game or the Texas game.
3: Yeah, so that's why that's or why I remember. Ooh, so yeah, no, yeah, it was a TCU game because I remember the. Uh, I remember him throwing the tortillas and stuff. It was kind of it was kind of awkward, but he was I I, I enjoy him fine. I'm enjoying quite a bit. I, I think it's kind his, of his first year, right? Uh, as far as I know, I think it yeah. was his first year, and that I think that Houston game may have been his first game. So he's he's definitely to – but yeah, I would I would welcome some more Deuce McAllister. I mean. Oh, for sure. sure. Mm-hmm. He he may, he may not be as exciting as some people may want, but, but yeah, during the game, it was great. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about the state of
2: the Texas tech roster going into bowl season. I think there were a lot of people, a lot of fans, especially in the media pointing to Texas tech and Georgia being tied for the least number of transfers out of the program, um, since we've had three announce that they're transferring out in Henry Columbia, uh, wide receiver, Sterling Galbon, and then Dalton Rigdon, uh, Rigdon may be retiring. Um, we did hear good news from three defenders, one linebacker, two defensive backs that are coming back for 2022 and linebacker, Krishan Merriweather, and then defensive backs, muddy waters, who, was in our highlight package man he had the pick six that's right where the color guy was doing play-by-play over top and i just imagine just the dynamics between those two the play-by-play is trying to describe it in his manner and then the 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 color guy, it starts off with like go <laughs> 20 10 <laughs> touchdown tag and the guy's like shut up dude <laughs> this is kind of my thing i'm, this I'm is working gonna wanna, yeah, it's kind of why i'm hired anyways and then uh defensive back adrian fry um, and then we've heard so far three leaving for the NFL. I believe only one of them had a, fully exhausted their, their eligibility and Kalen Geiger. Is it Kalen, or whatever Geiger, Eric Azukan was leaving a little bit early, uh, and then offensive lineman Dawson
3: Deaton. So, yeah, that's all we know so far. It's, I mean, it's really good to see Meriwether come back, uh, Waters, of course, anxious to see what he's able to do with hopefully, hopefully a full season. And Fry's really done pretty well the last couple of years. I'm I'm glad to see them come back. There's big shoes to fill with uh, Schooler going out, um, and oh man, I'm just completely blanked on the other linebacker, Rico Jeffers. Jeffers. <laughs> gosh (laughs) and him yeah obviously some big shoes to fill so anybody we can keep sticking around is great especially if merriweather's one of them i i want to get your thoughts on just kind of bowl season anyway i've i think i watched a few more over the break but um you know what i I listened to y'all show on saturday i wasn't able to be there so aside from you know, kind of the ho-hum thoughts about another all-SEC championship. Did y'all watch much of the semifinal games? Was there anything there that you felt worth discussing?
2: In the semifinals, no. Uh, I, no. I watched probably five minutes of game time of each. Um, and it was just... When I turned the game on, it was the Alabama-Cincinnati game. I think Alabama was up... Ten, three or whatever, mm-hmm. but they kept hammering home the stats that like Alabama's got four hundred yards of offense, and Cincinnati has sixty. I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like this game is close in score, but it's not it's not actually close uh, and and we know that total yards is not really a good indicator, but like if you're being dominated like that, yeah it is it is an indicator. Um, we, we saw that Cincinnati was able to put together their best drive on their first drive and it being heavily scripted and then the second game michigan georgia i was hoping for it to be a little bit better
3: and it wasn't uh georgia i didn't watch i didn't watch any of that one (laughs) i didn't watch i had no interest in it i can't even explain it and i don't i'm not trying to be hot takey or anything but i also have no interest in this championship game at all i will not be watching it
2: like i'll watch it because it is the championship game Um, but it's not like, it doesn't hold my attention the way that like, even, even like repeat championship games would have like any combination of Ohio state, Clemson or Alabama would like, it still would have been interesting because like between the three of them, you're going to get like an interesting matchup. Mm -hmm. Um, although I think Rob pointed out, I think this, the average margin of victory in these games has been like 14 plus points. So yeah, like the, like even like you're you're matching up the two best teams, but like it's still a two plus score game most years.
3: Yeah, it's it still ends up being kind of lopsided. That the only other games is I kind of enjoyed since you know, the Text Bowl game, and we'll get into the big twelve games specifically later, but I did enjoy the Purdue, Tennessee game. Went yeah. into overtime. I, I didn't watch any of that one. I, I got to see probably the last half of that. that was just crazy. The music city bowl, Purdue wins in overtime, 48 to 45. Uh, the Duke's Mayo bowl was entertaining. I, I watched the last little bit of that one uh, yeah. really just to
2: see the, the Mayo bath and
3: yeah, how that the was Mayo bath a big, was, big fail. That was something uh, I didn't watch any of Pitt versus Michigan state or, or Arizona state versus Wisconsin.
2: I watched, uh, well, I mean, this is this is from quite a while ago, a, a good chunk of the Western Kentucky Appalachian State game because of Zach Kitley. Oh, yeah. Um, the Utah State-Oregon State game was actually kind of fun. And the Jimmy Kimmel-LA Bowl at that stadium that I didn't know existed. <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, well, I kind of wanted to watch some of the Houston-Auburn Bowl, but it was right during Tech's game, so I wasn't really able to, pay much attention to that UCF Florida
2: I, I paid attention oh to that game. yeah
3: yeah I watched some of that as well kind of forgot about that one yeah so and then eh, the big 12 some so, decent yeah, ones. yeah. Was, we can get to the big 12 ones I, I didn't really have much else to say on Liberty Bowl I just kind of wanted to throw it out there in case you did I, I felt like we I got most of what I wanted to say out during the instant reaction last week um, you know, really happy for Kumbi being able to come back and get a win for, for this team. And just really proud of this team. I think aside from Izukama and maybe Columbia, none of these decisions were made prior to the game. I completely understand both of those. That's fine. I'm not picking on them by any means, but you know, the decisions we talked about earlier, those were they all waited until after the bowl game which i thought was a really cool thing to do um they didn't have to do that and you know players can sit out now and that's up to them and i i don't know i guess i'm gonna say that i don't have an issue with it because why should i they should be able to do that if they want but um I, I'm not going to pretend like one of these days if tech has a really good quarterback and they're an eight win team and tech hasn't won nine games in a decade plus And some, you know, someone sits someone truly detrimental sits out. I might be a little bit, but heard about it, but I'll get over it anyway. I don't see a big deal on it, but um, I just didn't know if you had any other Liberty bowl thoughts or insight
2: So not specifically to the Liberty bowl. I was, I was going back to your point about the uh, about players sitting out. And I think what we saw happen in the sugar bowl kind of highlights and, and uh, I can't get the word concrete, but firms up that idea that like, if you've got aspirations of playing after the bowl game, especially professionally, uh, your best bet maybe to skip the bowl game. Uh, we, we saw the old Miss quarterback Matt Corral go down with a leg injury, and the way that he couldn't walk around on it afterwards
3: did not look good. Yeah, very concerning. And sure, I, you you want to win. You want players there to win. Um, but with the playoff and stuff, that what this has kind of done is highlight that these bowl games are – Exhibitions—they're just kind of a fun thing to do. Uh, it's it's fun for the fans. It's fun for the team. It's it's I, I would argue that's still crucial for the team that they get those extra practices in, and you know, even if you do have guys sit out, it might be good to get some green guys in. You know, um, like Tech did. Uh, they had who was it? Who was un, uh, unable to play wide receiver? I know uh, that. I mean, with well, obviously Ezukama was out, but Loic like
2: Fungi didn't play.
3: Yeah, Fungi didn't play, and so you had some young guys come in, like Bradley. Was it?
1: Mm-hmm. He Draw came Bradley. in, played
3: well. So, um, I mean, it, it it provides opportunities for that. I I just can't get too worked up about it when all that we've screamed as college football fans over the past several years is just um, well, I mean it it's you've got to do what's best for the team okay fine but at some point there's so much money at stake for these individual players and it's not going to affect at all the money that the schools get if a player sits sits out a game or or decides to go to the nfl a little bit early declare that early um it, it just comes down to that. And I think as fans, we have to support the quote unquote free market. You know, if that's the thing, if that's the thing that we're pushing, then we have to look at it that way too. Like the players can make their own decisions too. If coaches yeah. can go where they want to go and, you know, schools can go where they want to go to where the free market takes them. It's the SEC. They can make more money. I mean, it's just so, it's just such a hypocrisy to sit there and, Belittle these kids for, yeah, they get meals paid for, they get classes paid for that they barely have time to study for and <laughs> pass. But then we also expect them to spend their entire Christmas break preparing for a football game that sure will make s- sense in the record book, but could also in their career. So it's, it's just, you, I don't, I don't get the applauding, the OUs and UTs and AMs of the world for going to greener pastures to make more and more millions and eventually billions of dollars, yet the same breath jamming on a kid for deciding to kind of take his own path differently. Um so uh, you know Herb Street's whole deal that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way and ESPN is so embedded into this that everyone who talks anything about this in ESPN should really watch what they say because they are just so embedded in this and they are not giving these kids any money. It's just yeah. all going to the schools. And so, so it's, it's, they just seem very one-sided and very, um, I don't know, biased, Even sure. whether, whatever they say, it's going to sound biased coming from them.
2: Yeah, I think the the one thing I was going to say, uh, and and I think my stance has changed um, in that these bowl games are exhibition games, right? Like if you think of them as an exhibition game, then the value added to a team by a certain player playing is almost non-existent, right? With the exception of the playoff, like, Correct. Like even even like a New Year Six bowl, you're like, yeah, I, I'd probably be a little bit more frustrated for when when Texas Tech plays a New Year Six game. If somebody please elects not, go to
3: the Rose Bowl, I need a B two flyover so bad.
2: If somebody decides not not to play in in that game, but the rest of it, like barring a playoff appearance, man, there there's no judgment of mine of a team of a player saying. I'm gonna sit this one out to get yeah. ready for professional goals. So, well, that's all. I'm used, say
3: about that. Yeah, I mean, used to it's maybe I've just grown up. Maybe it is the playoff that's really just kind of done proved how meaningless most of these bowl games are. Uh, but yeah, maybe it's just growing up and maturing because it meant so much more for Tech to win their bowl games previously. But it all kind of went away all at the same time the playoffs started. So that really could be part of it. You know, a solution would be to expand the playoff, obviously, because all those games would definitely, quote-unquote, mean more. Um, but, but really, I think if we look at it as fans, the main thing you need to kind of look at is the what you did during the regular season. What was this team able to do in the regular season? Because you may have gone to a bowl game down 10 or 15 key players, or you may have played a team that was down 15 or 20 key players and so the bowl game win loss doesn't really matter that much anymore these days we just may have to adjust our expectations and go well we won eight games that year and then someone can pipe up and say yeah but one of them was that bowl game where half the team didn't show up and blah 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 like oh yeah okay you know that wasn't that doesn't really matter that much and that's fine but I, i just we just may have to adjust it or scale that way. I I'm just leaning on it to where it's more just kind of a fun thing. Now that tech hopefully gets to do a lot more often. And, you know, in Baylor's case, they now get to say they've won 12 games in a season for the first time ever. That's crazy. So that's a good thing for, a, you know, to have a bull a bowl game for, um, but, but yeah, it, it is just kind of highlighting, like you said, it's, exhibition in every sense of the term, I do think they're important for the team, for camaraderie, for practice and all that, but you can still have all those positives if five or 10 guys decide not to play in it.
2: Yeah. So speaking of a, uh, not, not shown for the bowl game, you want to talk about the rest of the big 12?
3: Yeah. Let's see what happened.
2: Well, and and I, I said like, like a bad thing, like big 12 has gone five and two so far waiting on Kansas state. Although, Spoiler alert! Because you guys are, <laughs> is twenty eight to seven Kansas State right now, so they're up big. Um, and i i don't I don't mean to 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 lessen the impact of of what they're doing. LSU is is missing quite a few players. Yeah. Uh, it looks like they're down to like a a wide receiver playing quarterback tonight. Um, but he did play quarterback in high school. Like that's how he was recruited. Anyways, um let me just ask you, Michael. what were your biggest surprises from the big 12 bowl season?
3: Um, I think, let me see. I kind of expected, I, I shouldn't have though. Um, I kind of expected OU to struggle a little more than they did. I didn't expect them to lose to Oregon, but I didn't expect them to, you know, basically just kind of beat the doors off of them either. So that, that surprised me a little bit. Uh, yeah, OU won 47-32 versus Oregon.
2: So that's only a 15-point spread. If 15 points is beat the doors off of them, then I want to say that we <laughs> kicked the doors, kicked them in, blasted the doors off of Mississippi State. as we, well, won we did. By 24.
3: Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. We, we, I think you used the word dismantle.
2: 27? I can't remember. It, it was much larger than 15.
3: Yeah, no, no, you exactly right. Destroyed. Yeah, yeah so I, I think that still applies. Um, the other surprising one for me was I, re- I wasn't really that surprised about Iowa State because I think they had a lot of players under the portal. They had uh, a
2: ton. Same yeah. with West Virginia.
3: Yeah, West Virginia lost 18-6 to, to Minnesota. <laughs> what a stupid State. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Iowa State lost 20-13 to to Clemson. Um, I didn't think Clemson was that good. I just thought, nah.
2: Okay. But like as a not good Clemson or like as much as everybody's written them off and they've fallen off of the media spotlight, they went nine and three this year. Yeah, they Had did. they won two more games, they would have been like, everybody's like, they would have been up there like, Oh, the playoff is Alabama, Clemson, Ohio, Ohio state and Georgia mm-hmm.
3: or whatever. Yeah. They went nine. And, well, they went 10 and three. They beat yeah. Iowa state. 10 and three. Um, So back to answer your original question, I think that the one that surprised me the most was Oklahoma State, uh, Notre Dame, not that Oklahoma State won, but how they won. Um, I I really thought that this was going to be, I don't know, 27-21 type game or 27-24, you know, just really kind of not super low scoring, but because weird things happen in bowl games. I thought Oklahoma state would be able to kind of dictate the pace of the game with their defense. I knew that um, their coach has left as did he leave? I think he had already left. like, yeah, I think Jim Knowles was, was gone. I was, I mean, Ohio state, I believe so. Okay. So I knew that was there, but I mean, I still thought that they would be able to slow down this Notre Dame team. This is the one that surprised me the most, um, and it surprised me during the game because once I saw that Notre Dame was up twenty-eight to seven, I th- and how bad Spencer Sanders was playing, um, I just thought that this this one was over. And then, of course, Oklahoma State rattled back one thirty-seven, thirty-five. I was would any love big surprises for you.
2: Really quick, I would love for Texas Tech, Tech to play in the Fiesta Bowl because one, that was the BC, uh, was the Big Twelve BCS tie-in. Um, you know, for, for all those years before the playoff. So that was like the pinnacle, unless you were going to the national title, it was like your shot is at the Fiesta Bowl. Um, And just that, that historic, and I I just, I've always enjoyed those games. They almost always been really good, except for that. Like, was it Oklahoma Yukon Fiesta Bowl? That was a disaster, (laughs) Yeah, but Oklahoma Boise State Fiesta Bowl was a lot of fun. Yeah.
3: Fantastic.
2: Um, Oklahoma State-Stanford was a really good game. Uh, was it 2011 whenever they had Brandon Whedon and Justin Blackman and uh, that crew? the I guess the surprise, and really watching the game, how it unfolded and Ole Miss losing their quarterback, that Baylor-Ole Miss game was a little bit more surprising to me. Um, Baylor ended up winning that one 21-7, so it was... Low scoring, it would have been low scoring. I I think even with Corral there, um, but I think it would have been a lot closer. Um, the The defense, I guess, from Ole Miss, uh, yeah, like Abe Smith was like their their like he picked up basically all of the rushing yards for Baylor. Um, but the defense for Ole Miss able to slow down Bohannon, who's not a really good quarterback, <laughs> um, which. You didn't face him in the game in Waco, but um, not a great looking quarterback. And then I don't know I, th- that game for some reason stuck out to me, and I, I watched it. Um, you know, it was New Year's Day, New Year's Night, um, and then I guess a little bit the the game going on right now, Kansas State LSU. I expected to be a little bit closer, but with all of the the players unavailable for LSU, I guess that kind of makes sense, but. The yeah, biggest still, surprise has still got to be Texas Tech. T- Texas Tech over Mississippi State. Because <laughs> I think I, I, going into it, I, I if the game was going to go anywhere near how I thought it was going to go, the scores would have been inverted. Like Texas Tech would have scored seven, Mississippi State would scored thirty four.
3: You know, you're exactly right. For some reason, I was completely forgetting about that game. That is, yeah, that's. I think most everybody would agree that that's the most surprising. A uh, big twelve result I- during the bowl season, and yeah you're you're exactly right. not it's not that Oklahoma State struggled against Notre Dame. It's the fact that Texas Tech beat the crap out of Mississippi state, never looked back, never trailed. Beautiful.
2: So, sorry I, I I jumped on twitter to 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 get ahead of something to to look up something. <laughs> and I saw you, you replied to it. And it's funny because you replied uh, during the recording, but it's talking about um, Brian Kelly's accent and they, which apparently has disappeared in the booth of
3: this LSU game. Yeah, I'm
2: not listening to it, but the quote is I'm from Boston and we don't have strong accents.
3: Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah.
2: That's what he said. That's what she said. Um, uh, anyways, so, 2021 football season is wrapped, with the exception there's one game going on right now, one um, title game still to go Monday night. We've already kind of looked at our, our our predictions and gone back and looked at how poor we had done for football. Any any uh, any parting shots, Michael, on the football season before we kind of shift our focus back to basketball? Then we'll look at signing day and spring practice as uh joy McGuire has taken over any, any, any final thoughts?
3: I just, I just don't want to do this type of season again. I'd, I'd rather not, I'd rather not fire staff halfway through. Um, I, I am going to enjoy and relish, excuse me. I'm gonna have to cough. Hang on.
2: <laughs> so w- w- one thing I you okay, talked about, you said, um, not have to go through a season like this going through and look at those highlights. It's weird. And, and like my, my hindsight here is, is, um, affecting my, my memory here, but like the games that Matt Wells was a coach of had a different feel to them and they were weird. Like it was a (laughs) weird, like there was always something off about something in all those games.
3: That's interesting. So, so I, I don't doubt that completely because that that's kind of what I was getting at is it just felt like a cloud, like, like it needed to happen. But I didn't want it to because it just didn't make then what then what happened? I mean, it, it, it all worked out, obviously. Um, just even though I wasn't like a super pro Matt Wells fan, I just felt like I was constantly fighting people all the time about because it's so easy. Well, you just got to fire him. Well, well, then what? Then what? OK, so, I mean, we found out what then what meant. But, um, you know, after one half at the Houston game and everybody was ready to fire him then already, I mean, I just thought this season's going to suck. This is going to be a long season and it did suck. Um, but all I'm all I was coming back around to say is I'm really going to enjoy the off season for the first time in a while, because at least that's not looming over Joey McGuire's head. You know, no one's asking if his seat is hot. No one is questioning whether or not he likes Lubbock. No one is this or that. Uh, it's just going to be all roses and sunshine all the way up until the season starts, hopefully, unless there's some crazy off the field thing happen. But that's what I'm looking forward to. That's kind of my final parting shot is it's nice to go into this offseason season. Kind of everyone taking a deep breath. <sighs> okay, we got that bull win. Okay, Cumby has completely transitioned to Louisiana Tech. You know, filani has gone. The, the guys that were not asked to stay have found other places. Um, <laughs> except so <we're>, for Wells. <laughs> except for Wells. But I think he's just kind of laying low, enjoying Lubbock is, is what I mean, I've Yost heard. got a job. Did, well, did you see he that? get it? I saw that he was in the running for, was it Florida International?
2: Florida International. Go back, Go down there to Miami.
3: Yeah, I, I saw that he was in the running for it. So that, that may be what Wells does is just kind of take his time and, you know, let the dust settle a little bit. Maybe well, next he made, year he's putting he, his name out there some more.
2: Made $10 million this year. I think he's fine.
3: Yeah. He's fine. And it does not cost. You,
2: you're you're <laughs> the, not going to blow through that in a in,
3: year in, in Lubbock, Texas.
2: He'll be fine. <laughs> he'll be fine. Yeah. Even if he, if he wanted to pull a Mike Leach and move
3: to like Key West, he, he, yeah. he'll be fine. Yeah. So that's all I'm looking forward to is just not a off season full of question marks. Can can Matt Wells get it done? Can no. can this, can that? You know, this is Cumbie's first year as an OC. Was he really hamstrung by Gary Patterson? Was okay. All right. Let's just let Joey cook. So I guess what I'm looking forward to, uh,
2: before we get to what we learned, what what I remember what what I what I'm looking forward to um is that there's so much new and and this time it's exciting, right? Uh it didn't feel like it didn't feel this exciting when we brought in Cumby because it felt more or less out of desperation, right? But now it's like, okay, oh man, Kitley, what is that offense gonna look like? Deruder, what is that defense gonna look like?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: like? How how are they gonna work together? What is what is McGuire gonna do? Like, how's it like, just The the unknowns going into this offseason and this upcoming season, 2022, it's exciting. And I think I'm not the only one that's excited about the football program, but it's something that has been missing. Um, Because going into the 2021 offseason, you know, spring practice of, you know, nine months ago, we were like, okay.
3: It was almost dread.
2: Yeah, it was like like we just just accepted this weird you said a cloud, it's like Paul almost. We were just like uh some kind of morbid curiosity like, "Oh, uh, what's what's going to happen this year?" Yeah. You can't look away. <laughs> Anyways, um I think we're done pooping on Matt wells for a minute. <laughs> <We're> done rambling. <laughs> so, uh, let's let's wrap this up, Michael, and get to what we learned. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. See, that button still works. It's a good one. Um, what did we learn, Michael? I learned as, as bulletproof as I thought my, my steak method was.
3: Oh, oh, okay. Let's go. Let's go into it. It failed me.
2: So oh. Christmas Day. I wanted to sous vide and then reverse sear some steaks. Okay. Some beautiful ribeyes. So Christmas morning, we're kind of wrapping up presents. I throw them in the water bath. one twenty-five, And they say hour and a half. It's like, great. I'll be done. I was like 10 a little after 10. They'll be off. And then I'll, I'll see them. We'll be good to go for a normal lunchtime. Um, I don't know what happened when I, Excuse me. When I cut into them after the sear, they were under by quite a bit. Really? Like Pittsburgh blue under. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Like enough where like I I had put my like. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I like steak. I also like a one. I I don't think a steak needs sauce. Just like I I think barbecue doesn't need sauce. But if you have a really good sauce, like it's fine. I'd already dressed my steak. I'd put sauce on it and salt and pepper. I had ready to go cut it open. And it was like, Oh, that is purple. And I hes- I was like, I know it's probably safe. It's a little under, like it was like the texture was off. And I was like, I, I couldn't get past the texture.
3: I-, I think I would have had an issue too. I know I would have. I know I would have. It was like,
2: okay, but I was like, I've already got sauce on it. And i the the hot steak and cool sauce is kind of a thing. I didn't want to scrape it off because there was stuff on the steak, you know, the seasoning from when I I cooked it. So it's like, whatever. I microwaved my steak. (laughs)
3: did you get it up to temp?
2: It was, it was a more, more acceptable version of rare.
3: So you had some, so you had some kind of, some really hot patches of sauce here and there. Yeah, it was I'm it was sorry, uneven. man. I'm sorry. So, okay, so you took it out of the sous vide.
2: Yeah, so it, and, it had been in the water it was bath. What
3: was it, What is it, like 115? Is that what it's supposed to be, 120? Well, it's
2: after an hour and a half, it's supposed to be up to temperature. Like, it had, it had come up to room temperature, and then it went into the bath. Mm. And it's supposed to, even if it's coming out of the fridge, as long as it's not frozen, be able to cook hour and a half up to 125 degrees. And I, I purposely left it a little under my rare side of medium rare final temperature, because I know it's like to sear it, you're going to you're going to put on more heat. Sure. And you're not going to get the perfectly um, pink, you know, wall to wall there. But it didn't work.
3: <clears throat> Ooh, that just sounds so rough.
2: <laughs> Redemption a little bit. Um, so I got a slow and sear for Christmas, which I don't know if you know what that is. It's a charcoal basket you put in your Weber kettle so you can uh it'll it slows down the burn of the charcoal so you can do like a longer cook and Mm. also it holds up all of the the charcoal on one side so supposedly you're supposed to be able to do like a brisket in like on on a kettle with one of Mm -hmm. these things and it has a little water trough in the middle but also cool thing about it is you put steaks on the far side away from the heat I, and I, I probed them too I, I left a probe on, on one of the steaks it was New Year's Day um, and I watched it come up to temp at 120 degrees I, I spun around the the grill grates so my, my steaks went from not over the charcoal to over the charcoal mm-hmm. and a minute and I flipped it in a minute and I took it back off I won it wasn't enough for the sear but it, uh, ended up working out. It was more of like a traditional grilled medium, medium rare, where you've got like the thin, uh, more well, more medium and then the rare in the middle. So not yeah,
3: as, yeah, not wall to wall.
2: Yeah. But it was, it was a much better steak and these were not as good quality and these were strips and not ribeyes, but they turned out way better than the more expensive rib, ribeyes that I,
3: I just destroyed so. I don't have a slow and sear, but I have those baskets like just those little Weber baskets that and, and I do that quite a bit to partition off my grill. But, yeah, I don't have this. This looks like it has a little bit more airflow control and a couple other things that you so can mess with. It's completely open
2: on the bottom, which makes sense because the, the charcoal is going to fall out just in, and then into your normal grill right. bottom. But it's
3: not it's not open on the side, though, right? No. Yeah, it, it's, it's it like it matches hmm.
2: up really well. All the way against the side of your your Weber kettle, yeah. And then it only takes up half. So you, interesting. You, you basically put charcoal contained on half of your grill.
3: Yeah, I've just got those cheap little baskets that are. Oh, you could put water in it.
2: Yeah, there, there's a spot oh. in the middle to put water, which will help uh, regulate the temperature, but also put some steam in there.
3: Sure. Yeah, what you need out here. I've I've gotten to where I put some water anytime I do any sort of smoking. I, I've got yeah. like a. A tin pan that I just fill with water, and it's always so bizarre. It almost, almost all of it evaporates.
2: Well, yeah, but yeah, it just completely that's the way goes away. Sous vide is not a bulletproof method of cooking steaks for some. And I don't know if it, <laughs> I love it just, I didn't, don't go long enough. Uh, if my cooker wasn't maintaining the water temperature correctly, but that's what I learned.
3: What about you? Michael? I learned, I learned that Rob Bro asked a really tough question. Um, he basically said, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the tweet pulled up, but he asked his Twitter Twitter followers, if you had Guy Fieri, ah yes, I know coming to going. Lubbock, what three places would you take him to, and what would he order? And you know, Guy Fieri coming to Lubbock, i I, I just spouted off. I I, I I responded to Rob in our direct messaging. Because I could not respond to him on Twitter because I tried to write a tweet like four or five, eight times. And I kept coming up with different restaurants because you picture it's going to be a triple D trip. It's going to be diners, drive-ins, and dives. Mm-hmm. And I've watched so much of that show that you kind of know the vibe of the place he's looking for. It's not just the food. Like Double Nickel is awesome steak place. That's not but where he's guy going. Guy Fieri's not going to go to Double Nickel for diners, drive-ins, and dives. He's not going to go to, even though I have my issues with Las Brisas. So many people love it. But um, would he go to but, Kegels? Yeah. See, now Kegels, I could see him doing that. He, he might go to Kegels. Um, if that place that was in Slayton hadn't had drug issues or whatever it was, he'd, <laughs> he'd go to that one. That Tejas place. Um, so that's, that's I was just going through my mind like, yeah, Evie Mays, he might go there, but, you know, he might go to the shack. He might go to Eddie's. Eddie's would be a, a, an interesting kind of diners, drive-ins, and dives place, even though as much as I love Eddie's, the barbecue's not as good as, you know, Evie Mays or Tom and Bingo's, but they've got awesome Frito pies, great atmosphere, just It's a cool place to check out. If you haven't, go check it out. Anyway, so I just got all in my head, and um, I just realized that what I learned was how hard it would be to put together the three restaurants. And I'm not even going to go with – I still can't pick three. The the best I can come up with is three different types. I think you've got to go with – you've got to go with a burger joint. Mm -hmm. I will pick this one. I will pick Christakis, I think. Okay. Spanky's would also work <laughs> because that's like a Lubbock place. You, you know, it's got the, the dumb waiter thing where you can pull your drinks up through the, um, you know, to the second story. It's got all this, you know, it's right next to Texas Tech. It's It's got the big schooners and also owned by Lisa West, who does double nickel. So there you go. You get that. But it would I think that would be a good one. Christakis, of course, is awesome. He needs to get the pastrami burger. I want to see him eat all the other stuff that they have. Cause I've never even tried it because their burgers are just so good. Mm-hmm. It's just so hard to not get it. But I'd imagine the Frito pies are awesome. All that kind of stuff. So anyway, I think it would have to be a burger joint. It'd have to be a, a Mexican food place or Tex-Mex. Even though I don't go there very much, I feel like it's gotta be Montalongos or something, you know, kind of a Lubbock staple. Um, and then the third one would have to be like a straight up sports bar type place. Those are like the three most. I mean, and you know, for going sports bar, we might as well just say Cap Rock.
2: Yeah, there we go. I was like, we might
3: as well where, just say it has to be.
2: Cap where Rock. are you going with that one, man? Cause it's, it's, I was not thinking I wasn't categorizing Cap Rock as a sports bar. I was thinking, well, where are you, where are you thinking of, man? Like yeah. Cujo's or
3: Nick's or <laughs> yeah. Nick's is, I think Nick's is gone, but and, and Teddy Jack's is good, but Teddy Jack's is pretty new. Not that new doesn't matter, but, uh, Ike's is good. Um, but I just think as far as the whole Lubbock thing, thank thing, you've got to have a burger joint, you've got to have a Mexican food and or a Tex-Mex place, and then you've got to have a sport sports bar.
2: <laughs> so I think, um, I, I agree with you that it would need to be different categories, uh, That's the
3: only way I could narrow it to three, but it has to be three. Rob's right. It has to be three. The,
2: the, my problem with, with your list though, is that there is some overlap there with Christakis and Caprock or Spanky's like those three, I think could be in the same category. Uh, if you look at a burger slash sports bar um, fair. barbecue, isn't really the type of place he goes. At least from from what I've seen, like he doesn't show up to a like a, a pit and be like, "All right, man, how you doing?" Like he's more looking to get his hands like involved on on the recipes, and that's just not. I mean, they 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 certainly cook food at Evie Mae's and and the Shack and Tom and Bingo's, but like the star of those shows of that show is uh, the brisket and ribs and pork or whatever that's
3: done low and slow. Yeah. He- so he goes to those, but they're just not. Yeah. It's, it's not a focus of his, obviously. I feel like cast iron grill would be right up his alley too. So that there's that. And I
2: don't, it doesn't really fit so much in like, it feels a little, a little too uppity, but like Dirks, I think could be a place.
3: Yeah. Dirks is so good.
2: Definitely not West table, but Dirks. <laughs> yeah. Um, then I was trying to think of like a, a Mexican food place that, that is not, you know, just the same everywhere as is everywhere else. And, uh, even though it's not my favorite place, Taqueria Jalisco could be a place to take them. Mm-hmm. I, I know a yeah. lot of people talk about that. So. so, so I would say like, like a burger place, like Cap Rock or Spanky's, um, or Christaki's, uh, Mexican. And I would go like Taqueria Jalisco.
3: And then, um, i throw a few it? in there. There's Tacos. Yeah. Tacaria Guadalajara. They're their hat in the ring. Tacaria Atlan and Arand- Aranda's. Aranda's has really good white queso.
2: Picantes. Picantes.
3: Oh, Picantes. I haven't street. been in Picantes in years. Yeah, that's just right there. I haven't been there in years.
2: I used to go there for breakfast sometimes with a friend of mine that we worked in the same building up there at Covenant. And we both still work there, but we've since been, our offices have been relocated. So I don't see them anymore. Um, but we used to go to breakfast all the time. Then we go to the cafeteria either on campus or we'd be like, Hey, let's get breakfast, but I don't want to go to the cafeteria. So we went to, uh, went to red zone a couple times over there on slide. Yeah. And then, uh,
3: Picantes. what if we did El Charo over by my office? I will throw my hat in the ring for El Charo too. And then there's a, Oh, man, what is that taco place east of my office? It's, it's on your way to Eddie's. <laughs> if you're if you're on 50th Street, head east of I-27. It's okay. There's people that <laughs> oh you, you, you go east of, yeah yeah go east of I-27. You'll be fine. It's fine. I don't I don't get people. But um, let me get to my map. Maps.google.com. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because this this place is really good, too, and I, I want to give them a shout out because I'm sure we have a ton of listeners um, <laughs> that that run restaurants <laughs> just just super into tech sports and just happen to find our podcast uh, on East 50th Street. OK, there's Eddie's. I can never remember the name of this place. Ah, I'm so embarrassed. How, how far east of, of the highway are you going? Uh It's between Avenue A and Eddie's. It's on the north side of the road. Dad, come it, what is it called? It's like Taco Plaza. I think why is this not Something like that it had really good burritos there. I, I think one thing to kind of go with what you're saying, Spencer about the overlap with uh breakfast burritos. I mean, sorry, I just kind of tipped what I was going to try to to say. But the overlap between burgers and, um, oh, what do you call it? Oh, George's could be a good place. Yeah, George's would be bad. Between burgers and sports bars, I kind of get what you're saying. That is, there is kind of some overlap there. So maybe we just do sports bars, we do Mexican food, and then we do a breakfast place. So like rain. Have you ever been to Rain Cafe? No. Oh, you got to get to their French toast, man. They like, they, they batter it with uh, cereal. Okay. So you get a little crunch on there. I mean, it is just fantastic. Is it La Patrona? Ah, oh, that's got to be it. It's on the north side of 50th.
2: Yeah, it's between Avenues C and D. That's got to be it. Next to well, Beaver's Radiator
3: Shop. No, it's not that far over. Man, I can't believe I can't find it. This is terrible. Anyway, we'll just have to move on. We'll have to move on. Maybe well, I'll find it. Moving on I'm is talking. wrapping up the show. So. but as you, Well, I know. <laughs> as, you, as, you, um, as you heard me stumble through, it's very hard to come up with, all right, we'll just pick three restaurants that should be on diners, drive-ins, and dives that would make a good episode that people would watch.
2: Hey, look, there's your office. I found your office.
3: Oh, there it is. I'm over there. I'm over there on 50th
2: across the street from family dollar almost.
3: Yeah. There's, um, (laughs) there's a, a storage building place in the area that I don't know how has it, hasn't made the news yet or not, because it's called, and this is what it's called midget warehouses of America. What? And I'm like, that's, you can't, no. <laughs> you can't use that to describe small storage buildings. That's uh that's definitely frowned upon. I don't know if they're in use or not anymore, but it's definitely a real building not far from where I work.
2: Hey, one more thing before we wrap it up. I don't know if you've noticed it, have you tried to order Waterburger recently?
3: No, I got a I saw your tweet and I got an app notification cuz I opened it yesterday for some reason cuz I just I don't know. I just wanted to see if I had anything available and I didn't, (laughs) but uh, I opened it yesterday and it said something, Hey, just so you know, we may not have all our stuff,
2: which makes some
3: supply chain issues. And I was like, okay.
2: Which makes sense. Right. Like I understand like them having to cut back on certain items, but then I, what I didn't understand was like, no store in Lubbock is able to take
3: a mobile order right now. Oh, I know. I see. I didn't know that at all because I was just in my app wanting to see if I had any rewards or something. And and uh, no, I didn't try to make an order. So that's so like, yeah, you, that's interesting.
2: If you open your phone, you go to, to go order and pick up. Um, you select your location like all of the locations are grayed out. You can't select them or anything. Do you find it?
3: This is what I learned, Spencer. The name of that Mexican food restaurant is called La Cabana. I was so wrong. I'm sorry. La Cabana is great. We've had some really good burritos there. And I know that a couple of times I've ordered in the drive thru, I think both times they gave me a full bag of chips and salsa and I didn't ask for it. (laughs) They're just, I guess they're just like, here you go. Here's some chips and salsa. Thanks for stopping by. La Cabana. Check them out. La Cabana. I'm so glad I can sleep. I can sleep at night now. All right.
2: Well, with that, <laughs> we will wrap this one up and call it good. On the 23 Personal podcast tonight, um, we will have an instant reaction to Kansas basketball on Saturday. I we'll have some review of Iowa State and get you ready for all that kind of stuff. It's been a fun 2021 football season.